0: Hi, my name is Maurice Bernard and this is State of Mind. You may know me from my role on General Hospital, but what you might not know is that I've been a proud mental health advocate for over 30 years. State of Mind is a show where I speak about my mental health, my life with bipolar, anxiety, depression, and have guests who share about their life and their mental health. I hope that by listening, you can be inspired, learn about mental illness, and ways to have a healthy state of mind. This is State of Mind. Today I have uh Laura Wright. I'm sure many people know Laura as Carla Carentos <laughs> She is a uh she's been in this she, look, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that she's she just kicks ass in and soap operas, Let's just, she's the queen. I mean, she's been in this frickin' business for 30 years, successfully for 30 years, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, in every soap she's been on, she's been successful. Um, and she just, you know, like, came in to play this role where I was done with, it wasn't a personal thing on Laura. I I didn't know Laura. I didn't know her work. I didn't know anything. It it, it was just, I was done with Carly. Can we just put the cards on the table? (laughs) I was done with Carly. And on top of that, or despite of that, Laura came in and said, I don't care. I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. And she's made Carly the biggest thing around. She's won an Emmy. But what I'm very proud of her is because she's a uh certified meditation teacher. That's cool. All right. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Is that that <laughs> wow, I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> How long did you work on that?
0: <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> I haven't you know usually I have a kind of a script that I go on but you know we've known each other we've talked a lot about stuff so Um, I I have
1: to say um, you were so right Uh, You were down with Carly and and I didn't take it personally I think that's really what has been the gift of our relationship is that when I started you really needed a break from it being sunny Carly sunny Carly and that was 16 years ago i mean i've been there 16 years now and uh and so the funny part is is that i was like okay like i never some and i don't know why i didn't take it personally because i'm sure back then i took a lot of things personally but i was like all right he gets to have a, that's okay you know like we're allowed to have yeah. it once and and uh and then they put me with jacks remember and so i was with ingo for like six years which gave us great stuff like we were the best yeah um, exes. You know, we had a great time. Playing. And I
0: didn't know you.
1: No, not at all.
0: Or your work. Mm-mm, no. Because maybe... I got that... another
1: soap, though, and we didn't really watch other networks. Like, I no. know you because I grew up watching Dr. Hospital, so I always followed along, even though I was on no yes. ne- network. And I was on ABC for uh, the first seven years that I did Daytime. So. But
0: even if... But back then, if I had cared about Carly, I would have watched you. Right. <laughs> Just to see who they're bringing in. Right. But I just. Well, you
1: had also been through Tamward left. They brought on Jenny, chose to move on from Jenny. So there was a lot of yes. Carly stuff that you had to be like, I'm just done. I'm Which just done. Yeah. I get hundred uh, percent.
0: Let's talk about what's going on right now. I want to get the GH stuff out of the way. and We're going to, then we'll get deep and stuff. Yeah. Um, so right now what's going on is I'm, uh, I'm playing a, a character named Mike uh he's not sunny he's got amnesia and i'm
1: i love these kind of storylines so i yeah.
0: i'm having the greatest time it uh the audience is split there's no split don't <laughs> even try to say it's split that's ridiculous if anything it's maybe 90 10 now they're turning a little bit around but
1: well that's only if you read social media but uh, i don't know what else we have to go by
0: right i i there, one thing that i i have is I have a real connection with the audience, my audience. Now it may not be the whole GH, but it's my, and I can tell, like almost, right away. And I'm the one who who
1: what, what? gets the backlash?
0: No, no, oh, no. Okay. They uh, like.
1: They're not.
0: They're not saying that you know, they don't like Mike. They're saying they they just want you home. They want Sonny, Yeah. Period. And and you know
1: that that's that's. And all. they love Sonny Carly.
0: Yeah, yeah. They all yeah. want Sonny Carly. The, right. um,
1: Which is. How grateful, right? I mean, yeah.
0: But usually, usually, it's when I don't like a storyline, I'm the one who's make. I'm I'm having a great time.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing. I was thinking about this uh, because I had a feeling it was going to come up, and you had to do something. You you can't break Carly and Sunny up in the old traditional way and everything. Because and we Carly and Sunny have been through so much. And they are so solid and they were so solid in their relationship that for them to split up in a way that was just silly um, really would take away from the relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you bury a son and, and you watch your father die together, like, you know, Mike leaves, it's, it, you then for have something silly come of that. So, you know, I found they did this storyline, which gave you something really great to play. It gave Carly and her world, um, you know, it was kind of spiraling out of control. She didn't have Sonny's protection anymore. She didn't, you know, uh, Ava takes the daughter away. Like Carly was losing all of her, you know, power yeah. or standing or life really. Um, but, and, and I, you know, I grew up watching daytime. So screaming at the TV and yelling at your characters and wanting the, you know, I just don't like, I just hate the nastiness. Yeah. That's the stuff I don't understand. Yeah, It's because people should be passionate about what they want, but yeah. you know, we can also love that you're going to get it, by the way. I can't imagine they think that, you know, you're going to stay there forever.
0: No, I just think that in this particular story, you you know, Frank Sinatra should not sing country songs. I think that's kind of.
1: Did you sing a country
0: song? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm trying to or think. Or were you
1: damn close? <laughs> I'm <not> very close. <laughs> you wore the hat.
0: Yeah, yeah, the hats were it.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. And I... it's
0: not me not liking. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you my opinion. Right. And um, but anyway, the
1: next I just tell story that like of what's coming. And so I know that what's coming and really at this point, we haven't even seen a script, but we know it's coming. We know it's kind of soon. It's going to have to it's going to be incredible.
0: Oh, yeah. The next level level is
1: is going to blow your mind.
0: It's going to be outrageous. Right.
1: But we have to get there.
0: Yeah. I think maybe what what happened is maybe this should this shouldn't have been as long right
1: but were there stuff happening scheduling and stuff that shifted a lot of stuff
0: i don't know do i tell you yeah well i was supposed to do a movie now i'm doing it at the end of the year but that was it it was like two or three weeks of. Mm-hmm. That, but
1: that stuff happens a lot in storytelling and i don't think people realize that when you were dealing with a cast of 30 actors that um some being on contract some not that also get to audition for other things sometimes storylines do either and quick and or you go great. what just happened or they get stretched out longer because of scheduling behind the scenes everyone is doing the best they can that that is the truth yes no one's showing up going how do we make this worse <laughs> and this isn't
0: a particular storyline that i'm trying to i'm having a great fucking time and it's a it's a trip because there was a day that i played sunny
1: oh yeah
0: and Mike that was a couple weeks ago with and music. I don't like that's a tough one Sonny I don't like his energy Ooh. I don't like his darkness
1: Ooh.
0: I know I I've been no doing- that's
1: something interesting that can segue what you know into stuff that we want to talk about because you know as actors on a daytime show especially how quick we work now and playing um two of the people who work a great deal we're not we don't tell one show a week
0: no, and then have a three-month no.
1: hiatus we don't do a movie in three to six months and then have a month off in the Mediterranean on a yeah, yacht to, you know, yeah. recover. We have tell it all year round. You know, I had three days of work before our vacation. I had nine shows in those three days. And what we do is really um, intense, and our body doesn't know we're faking. So when you own Sunny's intensity and darkness, you really own it, and you yeah. live and breathe it. And, uh, and these three weeks are important. Or having a storyline that may be a sunny break for six, seven months is a gift to you.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But it's also, uh, it's because I've never played on the show uh, anything but sunny, I'm just used to that thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now I've had eight months of playing this relaxed, fun, you know, thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And now I go, uh. <laughs>
1: well but that would be interesting i think you know when Sonny does come back because we have to assume he's going to i mean like what's the point if you don't and he's always going to have a part of mike with him
0: yeah there could I mean, be they, that yeah. no
1: but mike's experiences are then become sun, Sonny's, and so that's an interesting um journey for the character of Sonny to be like now with every decision he makes is he's like I know a different world like i i things aren't so black and white maybe i don't know it's just an interesting No, it,
0: it would be if, if they could write it you know um yeah. i think it's just too difficult for an actor to just bring that if it's not kind of on the page
1: for sure it has to right? be a discussion
0: but it's it is a cool thing it is cool all right let's get out of gh okay um, <laughs> um, oh
1: i want to say something on my side of that as well okay um you know Everyone's uh, a lot of people are not kindly freaking out about the Carly Jason thing. Um, and it's really, I have to say, I did a scene the other day where when Steve and I were having scenes in, in Sonny's kitchen with the moss and it was a really great moment where after the scene was over, I stopped and I told Steve, I said. Um, that was such an incredible scene. I felt the character of Sonny in this room, even though I he wasn't here. Like, playing that he's still a part of every decision that we're making is so incredible. Right. And that these two are making a decision based on strategic move for the family, not that they're falling in love. And and I think that's really crucial um, because it still keeps Sonny alive in their relationship, which is a story I love telling, you know.
0: Right. And then once Sonny, I don't know how they're going to write it, but once Sonny comes back and all hell's gonna! Oh, hell's
1: gonna break, break
0: loose. loose! So, because you know, like and my wife says, and
1: poor oh, Cynthia.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I don't.
1: because she's the nicest human being on the planet, yes, she and is. I have a feeling I'm gonna have to yell at her a lot. <laughs> when, well, or Carly, you know. Well,
0: not only that, and, and
1: oh, the beating she's taken.
0: The beating she's taken with me—it's like I mean, yeah. I don't understand. Or it's not fair. But anyway, that's another thing.
1: It, you know, I mean, but we're gonna
0: have great stuff.
1: A hundred percent. With Cynthia as well, who is just oh yeah yeah incredible. I am. I'm a huge fan.
0: I'm a huge fan. I know.
1: I, you know, I love Cynthia. I don't.
0: Know. I
1: love watching it. Like it's my other thing about the show is that I like watching you do what you do. You know, like whether it's sunny or not. But like watching you, I remember I was watching a scene. I think one of the first times you and um Cynthia had to kiss, and I was like, oh, that was. I was on set, and I was had because I was shooting next. Yeah. And I walk upstairs, and I'm like. That was so sweet. It's a good
0: energy. It was,
1: it's just being someone who loves daytime, that this is the storyline that's happening. You, you kind of want to fall in love with both sides because that's the pool. Look, the, the, I
0: you will know. say how you're feeling now it. is starting to kind of happen.
1: Right. Well, people would stop FFing and watch. That's the problem. I have the same problem. You can ask Wes. I do the same thing. If things get stressful, I like to fast forward. The FF button has destroyed us because, you know, the journey that we take you on from taking yeah, two yeah. people that you'd never want together. But if you watch instead of, I mean, how many people go, I FF through their scenes? I'm like, well, there you go. You're losing what might be interesting um yeah storytelling and just because it's boom not what i want i don't care i ff exactly it's like, eh. and i understand it because i do it too but only when it comes to stressful things because i don't like stress but um yeah i don't
0: i don't watch a lot of like
1: when nina was almost going to get caught by the guy and she was stealing the, the information yeah. you know i was like oh my god i can't watch that and i knew what happened <laughs> so all
0: right right, let's, yes, let's. okay can we talk about uh yes. i want to talk About your divorce. Okay. Because we had great talks about that. Yeah. And how difficult it was. Mm, It was hard. And you were very open with me about it. Um, What's the toughest part?
1: Oh, the kids part? Yeah. Really hard. And, And letting go. The toughest part ends up being the most beautiful part, right? Letting go of what you think a family should look like and then accepting that it can have, it can look, you can still be a family, but it doesn't have to be man and wife and how the traditional family is supposed to look. And trying to force that. I was going to, it was going to stay. I was going to force it no matter what and to where it was going to kill me. And it almost did. And then when I finally let go and stopped running from the pain and, and 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 accept witnessed what was happening and accepted it then then it all started to fall into place
0: Now do you think I mean this is a pretty I mean, it's an obvious question but you're going to give me an obvious answer Without kids it would have been just easier Oh yeah because that expectation for your kids it makes it that much harder.
1: Oh, well, yeah, and you, you... Well, when it's first happening and you're hurt and you don't want to see the other person, right? Because when you see the other person, you see pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have to see the other person because you have to swap the kids. Then you're like, well, if I didn't have the kids with you, I wouldn't have to swap them, you know? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and that's all the early on initial feelings that are, I think, the superficial anger, resentment, blame. All the stuff that doesn't really matter.
0: In the beginning, in the did you beginning, try to keep it from the kid? Or were you, were you-
1: no, there really wasn't keeping it. I'm, <laughs> I'm not good at uh, it. I, um, I was a very different person. Um, I wore my feelings. It was about me, my emotion, what I wanted. How could you do it to me? I was very much in a victim state of mind. Mm. And um, I had to learn to let that go and realized that that didn't serve me or them, and it was only going to keep me on the um, hamster wheel of pain
0: yeah, yeah. until
1: I could say, okay, I'm not a victim. Every choice I've ever made in my life has brought me to this moment. Take responsibility for where you stand, and then let's move forward.
0: Did that but, pay? boy, that
1: took a lot. <laughs> it took a lot of work. How of long the did, is a lot? Well, I was relentless.
0: Um, I was there. My,
1: but I, I was relentless in my search for why is this happening to me? There has to be a meaning. And at work, I was really great. No one ever knew anything was really happening. And because, you know, I was raised in a family where you had to be perfect and everything's perfect and it has to look great. And don't ever tell anyone your business. All that, you know, it all has to look great no matter what's happening behind the scenes. And I, I'm a really happy, joyful person. So when I was sad and upset and just angry and resentful and resentful underneath all of that. I still was like, but what about happy me? Like, you know, my home base inside is joy, is really just excitement and joy. And so when I had all that pain going on, I didn't know what to do with it. And it just didn't make sense to me. And then of course, divorce made no sense. And anything my ex-husband was saying that he needed or wanted, it was, might've been, I wasn't listening no, you can't leave. You have to do it. We have to fix it. Force it, force it, force it. And, um, even when I was agreeing to separation and, um, going through the motions of like being a separated woman inside, I was just waiting for him to like, come to terms with it and come back. Wow. Family has to be put back together. And I remember, um, and I was going to meditation retreats. I was going doing... Tim Robbins. Chopin, Tony, and then I would Tony do Robbins. Tony, Tony Robbins. And I was getting all this information and learning it and learning it. And at first, I was only really going to these places to then go back to my ex-husband and see, see, I'm fixed. I'm great. Am I, am I good enough to be taken back now?
0: Wow. Like, that
1: was this desperation to be, because so much of my self-worth was wrapped up in being this pairing with him. Married, being someone who wanted to marry me, like when when he asked me to marry him in 1995, I couldn't believe that somebody would want to marry me. The the low self esteem I had, I only was taught to be pretty, and that was really it. What do I want? Um, What is a dream I have? Those were never questions that mattered, or you know, what do I like? I didn't know. You tell me. What you tell me? What what? Tell me what to like. I don't know a man had to want me, desire me and love me, and um, tell me who I was supposed to be. Really? But you'd never know that about me nah, because I'm a fighter. Because you know, everyone has their place in home, right? Yeah. And it's to survive in my household, and the area I grew up in, I was the fighter. I was like, you know, argue, debate, and well, there really was no debate <laughs> in my household, But uh, Yeah, and so when it all started to crumble, it was like um, a watching a five-year-old child lose her mind at times, like a, a severe temper tantrum. But as a, an adult woman, Damn. and so I had to die. That version of me had to die for me to be reborn as who I am now.
0: Did you go through a lot of depression?
1: I, I, I didn't go through a lot of depression. I stayed in that place, pissed off, angry um if anyone tried to talk me out of it you just need to it was boom i would come at them like don't you tell me you know anyone that i let in uh very much aggressive very angry and then i somehow picked up picked up this book called love warrior by Glennon uh doyle and um it broke my heart open. I sat and read this book and wept and wept at times. And basically, that book started me on the journey to allow myself to cry and allow myself to mourn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she says, you know, um, I, I, I'm probably jacking up the um, what she said, but grief is the receipt that I paid the price that I loved. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so this hurts so much. Because I loved so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: know, and I, I didn't realize it was okay for me to cry and be in pain. I was I'm fine, I'm fine. Oh, everything's fine. We're gonna put it back together. No and and let's just be clear. Behind closed doors, I was evil to my ex. I was like berating him. How dare you ruin a family. It wasn't like I was saying, Oh, this is a beautiful world. And Why what would can't he you say? come back? Get away from me, you're being insane. Really? <laughs> because he didn't have the tools to understand yeah. what I was doing either. Like, we got, I met my ex husband when I was 14 years old. Oh. He was, he had just turned 16. My first date ever was with him. He picked me up and I went to watch him skateboard in like a drain tunnel with a whole bunch of his friends, who I'd played spin the bottle with in uh, elementary school, and they were all like, uh, in our wedding when we got married wow. three months, uh, you know, three uh, months after, um, he proposed. So I wasn't with him the whole time from, you know, 14 on, but I mean, so he, that relationship was established, um, when I was really young and had the tools of a 14 year old really. Um, so this book I read called love warrior just gave me the, everything that, uh, Glennon went through in this book. I went through like the anger, the, I remember she had got times I wish he were dead and people were like how could you say that and she's like well because then I don't have to see him again it doesn't have to hurt yeah no right. you don't really wish right. that person's death it's just you want to remove the pain and just seeing those words on the paper was like yes it gave me permission and it broke me over sometimes I'd have to put put the book away because I just kept crying and crying and crying and it was amazing
0: <laughs> but, but crying was probably a way of relief.
1: oh well and she says tears are is a uh, is our um sacred baptism yeah yeah you know crying should be celebrated not yeah. i mean gosh look how much carly cries That's and there were so separate you know too. So i i didn't bring and i was working all the time at this at this time going on and uh which was a gift uh, i a part of me thinks i should have been put not put i should have um Gone somewhere for like a month to really yeah, heal yeah, because sure. I, I really was broken and it was a death. And now I am so different. But that started the journey. And I tell you, um, the moment I realized I was free, it was April 2017, probably three weeks before I ran into Wes. I don't know. I uh, took my kids on a spring break, and my ex-husband said, oh, "I want to come down for one of the days." And I was like, "Okay." And so, um, and of course, I was like, "Okay." Still playing in that. This is we're going like three years. Wow.
0: Three years after
1: the separation, but still that like maybe. And and of course that those moments and feelings and thoughts were getting further and further away, but it's still there. And during this time, I had read this great other quote. I was became obsessed with Glennon Doyle because I felt that, um, and she was one of a million books I've read uh, to help me through this process. But again, it was the permission. And every every quote, every Instagram post I would read from her, I was like, oh my God, I get it now. Like, I just kept saying, what's wrong with me? I must be pathetic. I'm there was so much self-loathing and shame i was just constantly beating myself and when i would read um her posts on instagram or her book it just brought me back to there's nothing wrong with me it's okay for people to want to live a different life right? right um and so John ended up coming down for this break and we're hanging out and doing things. And I had gotten a response. Uh, I had posted something about Glennon on my Instagram feed and she responded, oh my God, Carly likes me. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like fangirling like crazy. And I'm like, Carly loves you. And so John was there and he's like, what are you talking, what's going on? I was like, oh my gosh. So this woman, Glennon Doyle, and I'm telling him all about her and her book. And she so saved my life. And I look up and he's looking at me like I have three heads. And he's like, And right then, I was like, "Oh my God, he doesn't even—he
0: doesn't get the—he didn't—he
1: didn't didn't understand." And that's okay; it's not his. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like that, I was free. I when I started really standing in my excitement and things that were interesting me and and interesting to me, and finding this new path of who I am. And I looked up at this person and then the first time it wasn't about trying to get him to want love or like, um, I realized it's okay for it not to be. And like, I mean, it was, a, and it took three years. It took three But years.
0: it's amazing that it had to take all this to see that. And he's probably done that how many times in the past where he looked at you like.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And you yeah. just
0: been like. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I was so blinded with the pain right. and, uh, and listen to me and a uh, me, 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 right, me, me. Right. And in this time I was so excited, like, oh my God, this woman's amazing. Grandpa. I'm like, "You really, you're not my person. And that's okay. Yeah. And and it, um, it was incredible. And it just started, then I just started the reading and more uh, meditation retreats and more into um, what am I curious about? What do I like? Who am I? Who am I? And that just started this incredible journey. Then you met Wes? Well, three weeks later, I bumped into Wes at an Emmy party. And, uh, and that was it. I mean, the second I, and I'm so glad it happened that way because you know, my life didn't get, you know, I didn't, I wasn't able to let go of my ex because of Wes. I would have never wanted that because that's not really um, a, a thing. And, um, and then I met Wes three, three weeks later. And even that's been an incredible journey, you know, because he's here He's here as a, a bachelor. And I was married and raised two kids. You know, I was married for 17 years. Two totally different lifestyles. And now slowly bringing him into the family where I was married. And the ex-husband is still very much a part of-
0: Do they, have the, they get together?
1: Well, that's what I say. Like, when you think about this, like, um, person that I was before, and all the pain and holding on. I mean, like, I mean, think of who was it, Brenda hanging on yeah, to you? Yeah. Like my that, legs. that was me. Right. And uh, and John's like really? trying to like I was that desperate to keep my family together. And then now he's still in my family. My daughter graduated college That's for amazing. four days. We rented a condo, and we were all four together. Well, it was more than four of us. It was my daughter, her boyfriend, my son, his girlfriend, and me and Wes and John. I mean, we're making breakfast together. Every dinner was together. Wow. I mean, when I tell you we're making coffee, you know, John, coffee's ready. You know, setting up for my daughter's party. John and Wes are out there building no. things together. When I tell you, it's we're a family. It's just shifted positions.
0: But see, the beauty know? of... This. Or
1: identities. It doesn't have to look like this certain way. And... And when you get your ego out right, of it right. and you love someone enough to go, what do you want? Right. I wasn't right. listening to John. Yeah. And, uh, and, and whatever he wanted was what he wanted. But if it wasn't the setup we had going, yeah, that's gotta be okay. Not that it's not going to be painful. Not that it's not going to hurt. However, I, you know, like you got to love someone enough to say, I want you to have the light. We get one shot at this. Yeah. I want you to have the light that you want and if we can make it happen together great but if not you should have the life you want
0: well the beauty of it is that no matter what you went through and it's what i talk about a lot is and i've been there a lot where you just don't believe you can go on yeah okay? but the reality is look at the ending of your movie that you just had
1: mm-hmm. but and i've never been uh happier or um, honest right? and um, but, but authentic we, like this. We
0: don't, when we're in that
1: hell, uh, yeah. <laughs> we
0: never think that that's uh-uh. going to happen. But you oh, know what? No. It always does happen. I've said how many well, times? Well, they say the
1: only way out is through.
0: Yes. And the only
1: way through is in. Right. You've got to get quiet. And you've got to, you go into meditation and you're in it for two minutes and you start sobbing and that's okay. Those were two minutes you didn't do the day before.
0: That's right. And
1: it's just, it's, it doesn't have to be a big sweeping thing. And sometimes it's five steps forwards and, and three steps backwards. Yes. Like sometimes it is. And, and that's okay because and life's people, a dance. People
0: who are out there um, who are thinking they can't go on, they're depressed, and whatever they have,
1: when I, okay, can't when I, go on. When I was in my sadness that, that just lasted, I, and I kept thinking, is this ever going to stop hurting? And I never wanted to end it um, like my life. I, there were times I didn't want to wake up just because I didn't want and The second I woke up, it was a pain. Yeah. And so I read another incredible author, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert. and But I, she talked about a happiness jar and that every night before you go to bed, you get this like big mason jar or whatever. Some people had like a flower thing, or, you know, a vase. And, and I had a big mason jar and Post-its with a pen. And every night before I went to bed, I'd write down three things. Well, I think the first time it was one thing that made me happy that day. Could have been like um, seeing a pretty flower, smell of yeah, like yeah. the leaves in fall, or, or meeting a new friend, but one thing. And I remember being like, oh, so angry and pissed. Especially because during my daytime when I would see people at work or picking the kids up from school, I was so fake and everything okay. was so fine. Then when I got home, it was like, it, it was all there. And one thing for like three weeks and then turned into three things and two things. And when I tell you that simple act changed my life. Look at these things you have to be grateful about. Sometimes it was a sunrise. Yeah. Sometimes it was, and it was, it was that little act starting me on. really Find something, one thing that was beautiful today that brought you happiness in some way. And it just started cracking my heart open in that like, and then I would sit outside and I'm like, gosh, when daytime goes to bed and nighttime wakes up, it's like a symphony outside. And I found nature to be oh, I love an nature. incredible gift to me. And then, and then I, you read the book, The Four Agreements. I don't know if you've read that. Uh, it's um, it's it's incredible. It's uh, I
0: only read nothing general about it. Yeah.
1: well it's a really great book I, get, I know i mean it was really hard for me to put down i understand uh, i heard the lead guy's pretty hot
0: yeah he's hot yeah lead um you i called you that during a tough time during the pandemic we mm-hmm. we talked and you sent me a a guy named david g
1: yeah my meditation teacher
0: david g Hi.
1: <laughs> he's got the best voice great
0: <laughs> but the problem is when when you let your well for i'll speak for myself when you're in like i call the gears you know first second third fourth and fifth when you're in fifth gear which was what i was during the pandemic mm-hmm. you know i listened to him nothing helped nothing working out doing this nothing i had to get medicaid i had to get professional yeah, yeah. help right
1: i was medicated at one point
0: yeah <laughs> but now i listen to him He's is the greatest <laughs> yeah I'm like this. Well, but you were
1: in fifth gear, right? Yeah, yeah, like, not nah, yeah. Right. It, you, so, it, so you had probably you could have probably used both of it at the time.
0: I couldn't. Nothing was working. Right. But now I love David G and I love his voice. I love right. the music he has, and I cry like a he's baby. He's incredible. And it's just beautiful. But th- the thing is, when you're you that have far him on gone, state
1: of mind, he would love it.
0: Oh, he would. Yeah. Send so uh, a
1: message on Instagram. I'd
0: have, I'd have. Him I'll on connect second. you too. Yeah, because
1: he's a beautiful man.
0: I listen to him. I do it like once, two, three times. He just got back
1: from San Francisco, um, training police officers with mindfulness and meditation.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Isn't that incredible?
0: I'd do. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, obviously, at that point, you gotta, you gotta get help.
1: Hundred percent. I was on um, anti. What were you on? Zoloft.
0: Yeah. For for nine months. Nine months.
1: Uh It was way back at the beginning of my uh, separation. Because I um, needed a pause before a reaction. <laughs> like, uh, it was definitely. Did it, it help? Yeah, we knew it was temporary. Um, and I was really afraid to go off of it. Because, and just,
0: just so we're, we're clear here, uh, as far as medication and whatnot, and what we're not professionals.
1: No, no, I'm just telling you what, what, what helped experience. me at the time yeah, from so. a doctor, um, a psychiatrist, and right. a um, psychotherapist. Zola. Yes, and it was nine months back in I think
0: 2014,
1: 2014 for about nine months, and uh, it it just gave me a pause before I reacted. Yeah, and um, I needed it, you know. I was I was raised in a household where um, cry and I'll give you something to cry about, and um, and uh, there was no discussion. It was zero to a hundred of, you know. Slamming your fist on the table, or, you know, it was very tough. Yeah. It was tough. It was very uh, generational.
0: Were you, you know? a, a, the, was it abusive?
1: Um, you would call it abuse now, but then if you got spanked with a belt, it was normal, especially, you know, a, on the East Coast. And my your mom was a coal right. miner's daughter. My dad was a Southern Baptist minister's son, and um, they were 16 and 18 when they got but
0: married. But it does affect you.
1: 100%. But maybe not you, your you, brother. You have to, uh, oh, yeah, affects everybody. Um, uh, you have to undo it. But not as much. There,
0: there's, there's levels of being affected. Like, I have, my brother and I went through, actually, he went through worse, mm-hmm. okay, of abuse, whatever. I know it affects, he says it doesn't. And I know And it when I did. say it
1: wasn't, I'm not saying it's not. it wasn't abuse, but you couldn't have done anything about it then, right? It no, wasn't right, right. Abuse, uh, It wasn't you know? labeled abuse. Yeah. And, and it was allowed.
0: The difference is, I think, when it's abuse is, when you're doing something with anger and you can't stop, that's abuse.
1: Yeah, I remember my dad taking me, and this was normal at the time. The principal was like, yes, sir. At, in kindergarten, my dad took me to school and said, now if she gets out of line, you beat her ass. And the principal was like, it was not a big deal for a, a principal to spank a child. Wow. But um, <laughs> it, uh, especially uh, to be a young girl. Yeah. To then have another man that you don't even know have the permission to do what he wanted physically yeah. to you, not sexually, but physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um it, it, it's it's odd, you know. Um but like I said, it was a very generational thing. So I come from that. Um so when I came up scrapping and fighting, it was like and I wasn't a very scrappy person. I mean, I was a very happy fan, I was cheerleader, like really but if I had to get into it or argue, it was quick. There was no, I didn't really have any tools on discussions, um, communication. Uh, there was none of those really, I didn't have those tools at the time. Let's,
0: is- let's go to the next, the last topic. Your parents died.
1: Yeah. Two years ago.
0: How does that? Uh,
1: how did it, how, how was it? I don't know. Okay. Well, my mom was suffering with emphysema for a long time. My dad was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer um, a long time ago and was able to have a surgery and survive it, but never really recovered from the chemotherapy and radiation. It just always seemed to be something. And he ended up dying of cirrhosis of the liver and he didn't drink. It was very odd. Um, I haven't publicly talked about this. I've told a few people. My mom's death was... fascinating I this she, she died October 24th and um a couple times before October I'd flown home thinking oh this is it because she was really struggling at the end and we were able to get her back going and always had a great time like once we got her feeling okay and we could like make her eat food and watch some law and order and I could rub lotion on her feet and we <laughs> could make fun of her for all the funny things then um everything was good and then I was called home and I was at a fan event and I woke up that morning. and was like, got the phone call. You got to come to the hospital. This is it. And so I just had to leave straight from there. And I think I was in Raleigh. I might've been. So it was a really quick flight to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And I remember as the plane was landing, I was hoping it was over before I got there. So I didn't have to mm-hmm. be a part of, I was so afraid mm-hmm. to watch her die.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was the biggest blessing in my life. I spent the next four days sleeping on the floor next to her bed, giving her every four hours her uh, morphine. I got to have this incredible moment where I was rubbing lotion on her legs. And my mom was a very vain woman because being beautiful was important to her. And she was so ashamed. And she had this oxygen mask on. Um, and she pointed to her feet and was like, like she was shamed. And I was like, these legs? And I went on to tell the story about the legs, her legs and the journey of her legs and the feet and how beautiful these legs have carried her her whole life and had babies and raised grandchildren. And she's just laying there, she couldn't talk really and tears streaming down her face with this oxygen mask on. And then she's hitting me because if she cries, she coughs and she can't breathe. (laughs) And we're trying not to laugh. And then I was there when um, the hospice people came to us and said, you know, she'll eventually die you need to remove the mask it's an option because it's basically the only thing keeping her alive and i look at my dad who's a mess and and not well either my sister was just a mess and my brother was like no way and i knew right then i'm like you're gonna have to take the mask off and the hospice can't do it because they're not legally allowed to they're angels from heaven by the way yeah the most incredible (laughs) human beings and so everyone had, got to go say goodbye and kiss her forehead. And, and then I had to go take the breathing mask off my mom. And that was, I actually went into like a Carly mode. I thought, you're an actor. You can do this. Just become someone else in the moment. And I just went over there and I unstrapped everything. And my biggest fear is that she was going to be gasping for breath. And that was all of our biggest fear was that do we have, mm-hmm. and that was not at all what happened. It was a very peaceful, beautiful moment. Um, but taking that mask off her face, I released her. She could have been alive for another four days of um, the body shutting down. Awful things that, I won't know. if I would never know if she could understand. And I was able to remove the mask and um, watch her just lay there and slowly go. Wow. And she never looked more beautiful.
0: You saw her more like peace?
1: I have a photo to this day, and it was one of the most beautiful photos of my mother. It was right after the moment where she took her last breath, and she was just, and I hadn't seen her look. That peaceful in a couple years. And then two months later, I got the phone call that my dad, and that was another incredible experience. I got there and he was sleeping and he barely kind of recognized me. The last time I was with him, the last time I was with him before he died, I had to leave and he looked at me and he said, Laura, it's going to hurt so bad with your mom being gone. We were married 56 years, and I said, yeah, you don't, you don't get to have all that goodness and love without it hurting when they're gone, you know, what a gift that you had that, and and here we are, two months later, he's in bed, and, uh, December 29th, and he's in a hospice home, and it was, uh, my brother, me, Wes, and my sister, and Jeff was sitting there and it was getting closer and closer to, you know, they can tell by the body and how it's happening, how, around how much time. So you're not, like, not present. And um, they were giving him morphine to relax him. And he all of a sudden opened his eyes. And he's looking at my brother. And we're, I'm like, Jeff because Jeff was talking to us. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And we're like, hey, hey. And he's looking at my brother. And he sits up. And he's looking through my brother, and his face lights up, and he dies. Wow. Like like that, oh, wow, oh, wow story you always hear about Steve Jobs. My dad looked through my brother, saw something, and he had this, like, light of joy on his face, and took his last breath. Wow. That, I just got up and walked out of the room because uh, i didn't i was kind of done then it was two both parents two months apart it was really um and i was the one that kind of wrote the obituaries went to the funeral homes i did kind of most of the work on uh in that way my brother did other things my sister did other things but it was like i went right into okay how do we get it done (laughs) but it was it was it was a gift to be there when they transitioned it's it's so hard. It's crazy to go through it. Um, the biggest fear was being there, and it turns out to be the biggest gift, you know. Uh, especially with my mom, being the one that slept on the floor next to her every night. Yeah. It's um. It's it's not the club we want to join, but it's the one we always will. Mm-hmm. We're not getting out of this experience without burying our parents at some point.
0: Yeah. You know, um, that's, uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful story. It's like a great monologue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, it, it, um, I was really having a hard time after my mom died. because There's a lot of stuff going on. My dad's struggling with the loss of her, everybody, you know, having, it was just a lot of, uh, chaos. It seems like, you know, And I had to go to the uh, funeral home. And I went by myself to to talk to this man about my mom's burial or cremation she wanted to be. And so I'm sitting there. And you're thinking, it's the worst day. This is where I say, you know, life can be shitty or life's great. It's really your choice, how you look, how you choose to see it, right? And you know I always say things like that. I'm sitting here in this moment. And this guy sitting across from me is just going on and on about why do you live in california he's talking politics to me we couldn't disagree more he's talking about all this stuff california how you know how hot it is i mean this guy's going on and on and here i am trying to pick out a box and my mom is going to be cremated in like and at one point i just started laughing because i thought you are the gift you are the right, gift right. to make me uh, to distract me from being so caught up in how awful this could be or I could just sit here and laugh at the fact that you were the man that, by the end of it, he wanted my autograph, he wanted pictures with me. It was like amazing. But I remember it started out with me wanting to get angry and I just sat there cracking up laughing, going, of course, of course, thank you for this man. Because instead of it being this heart-wrenching- Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I get you. It
1: became a distraction that made me laugh.
0: Distractions are great Yes, during these periods. So I just want to say to everybody, who was in there. Uh, I want to thank Laura for her vulnerability being brave, uh, open everything. She was, she had, I guess if this were a movie, she'd win an Oscar because she, (laughs) because she had everything going here, you know, and it was cool. It was up and down. It was good. It was deep It was everything. So, um,
1: I'm grateful. Thank you so much for having
0: me. No, it's great. It's it's just, it's going to help a lot. You know, the love you're going to get is overwhelming. I can just tell you that. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for another episode. Please be sure to download, subscribe, and leave a review.